0: is the way to wonder. Welcome to the Money Better podcast, brought to you by Union Bank and Trust in Lincoln, Nebraska. Get ready for an authentic conversation about how to do money better by making financial decisions that are right for you. Money doesn't have to be a scary topic anymore. Instead, let's get real about the lessons others have learned, then find ways to use those experiences to get it right. I'm your host, Caitlin Moore. Let's chat. Welcome to episode eight of Money Better. The conversation today is about credit in your early years. And I get a lot of questions about credit, especially with young people. Often I hear I'm in college. Should I open up a credit card and start establishing credit? Or how do I increase and maintain good credit? As young people are coming into financial independence or learning how to use their finances to their advantage, you should know there's a lot of smart ways to build and increase your credit score. My big mantra in financial literacy and as a financial coach working with young clients is pay your bills on time every time, and it certainly applies to credit building. If you are one that does not have established credit, you might be surprised that you do things such as utilities, rent, car payment, and phone bills are actually helping build your credit. If you are unsure about what is being reported to your credit report, you can go to annualcreditreport.com and request a hard copy for free. You might be surprised that you do have credit. Now, for those who don't and are under the age of 18, there are ways to start building your credit without having your own credit card. Number one, be an authorized user on someone else's card. If you have parents or guardians that are willing, adding you to their credit card can help you build your credit. Adding someone can be a risk, so be careful who you choose to add if you ever do so yourself. Number two, getting your name on utilities and other regular expenses such as a phone bill will help. If it's getting paid anyway, having your name on it helps you personally, but having your name on any account means you're responsible for the bill. So tread lightly. If you're over 18 and are looking for ways to establish credit without a credit card, here are some suggestions. Number one, follow a healthy budget. This helps you know what you can afford and what you cannot. Even when it comes to monthly bills, you need to know what you can afford using a credit card because you can't afford your lifestyle puts you into debt and will have a negative effect on your credit. If you are paying regular bills, such as utilities or rent, Make sure they're reporting it to the credit bureaus. You might have to put in a request or call your landlord, but there is a way to report your payments. And then number three, pay everything on time every time. This is so important when it comes to establishing or increasing your credit. Late payments are reported and have a negative effect on your credit. Missed payments do the same. Number four, don't let anything go into collections. Collections debt makes huge impact on your credit score. Number five, set up automatic payments to decrease the likelihood of late or missed payments. And number six, be cautious about how many cards you open. Having more available credit can help your credit score, but only if used responsibly. Remember, pay your bills on time every time. Whether it's a credit card or not, if it's reported to the credit agencies, it will have some effect on your credit. Following a quality budget, making sure you can pay your bills and maintain your financial lifestyle will help you with your credit score in the long run. And don't take out extra credit cards just because you can, if you're going to use a credit card, use it wisely. Check out ubt.com forward slash money better podcast to sign up for podcast updates and bonus material. There will be a bonus episode available as we talk about healthy credit habits from the perspective of those with wealth and how to use your credit wisely to build wealth. Stay tuned for our community partner segment, where we will hear from our guests about her experience in college without a credit card and the healthy credit habits she learned because of it. Thank you for listening to UBT's podcast, Money Better. These are- In each Money Better episode, we highlight a community partner that is doing money better. Whether it is a nonprofit, a customer, or an expert in the field, our goal is to learn from their strengths and introduce you to resources that can help you do money better too. Featuring these people and organizations through our podcast is just a small part of UBT's larger mission to elevate the communities we serve. Welcome to our community partner segment of episode eight. We are talking credit today and I am once again joined by Patrick Reese and we have our special guest Maddie Hagar and her dad Marty Hagar to talk about credit and Maddie's experience as a young person in college. Um, actually not having credit. So we're going to hear the other side of the story today. So welcome Maddie and Marty. Hi.
1: Thank you. Thanks. Good to be here. Thanks for having
0: yeah. us. I really just want to dive into your story, Maddie, um because it's really interesting to me to talk experiences in college without credit because it's such an embraced kind of social norm now to have credit in college, but you Mm -hmm. have a very different side to the story. So can you tell us about your experience in college and being a young person without credit and why?
2: Yeah, so when I was in college, I did not have a credit card and I did not get a credit card until I had graduated from college and was working full time. And even then when I got my first credit card, so I was probably like 22, 23, it had a $500 limit. Okay. And I remember my dad saying, if you're going to get a credit card. Don't get one that goes higher than that amount because credit card companies are going to try and trap you. And I always remember yeah. these conversations talking about how like credit cards were the man that you could get boggled down by debt. And so I think I felt very scared of credit. I felt scared because I didn't know if I could trust myself with having credit because as a student, I worked two jobs. I worked for my dad. I was very lucky in that sense that my dad put me on the payroll and I got to answer phones. And then later in college, I got to do actual work. And I worked at a store called Avant Card, but I was broke all the time because I was going to school full time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was probably only working like 25, 30 hours a week. And I just remember, well...
3: (laughs) That's it's a lot for someone who's going great. to school. Yeah,
2: it, it, it is. But now I'm like 25 hours a week. Sounds great. <laughs> but <laughs> I just rem- like when I think back to college, like I just remember being poor all the time. Like that's all I can think about is how envious I was. Mm -hmm. I was envious of my friends that had credit cards. I was envious of my friends whose parents Mm -hmm. bankrolled them. And that is not to say that my mom and dad did not help me. They did. My mom and dad, full disclosure, paid for my college because my mom was a UNL employee. So it's not that I wasn't privileged. I did have immense privilege in different ways. It's just that privilege was not as easily obtainable as it would have been if they would have just been like, and here's an allowance that you get all through college, mm-hmm. right? Like now that I'm an yeah. adult, now that I'm 30 years old, I'm like, yeah, I can, I, I own a fairly new car. My husband and I own a house. And a huge part of that is because I was very lucky not to have student debt.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But at the time I just remember being like, I'm really poor. I want <laughs> a credit card so I can buy clothes. I want to go to the bars. And I just remember my dad being like, no, that is a terrible idea. Absolutely do not do that. And I think my dad would agree that I'm a people pleaser and I'm a rule follower. And so I feel like I did a good job listening to that.
0: I was just gonna ask, you are an adult in college. What prevented you from just getting a credit card?
2: I think because I had seen firsthand experience with one of our family members, what had happened with her when she turned 18 and got a credit card. And I remember how scary it was when this was a family member that did not live with us, but I can still remember getting calls on the landline, asking for her, asking if we knew where she was like debt collectors.
3: And I remember getting,
2: I remember being afraid of that and feeling like I didn't trust myself not to rely on the credit card a lot because I think I would have. I, I think, and I think I told you this, Caitlin, I found an old notebook that showed my monthly income from like, let's say when I was 19 and it was like $900 a month.
0: And I it think it like know, a so- lot for a 19 year old, maybe from when I was 19 and I'm a well, little older than you, but
2: yeah, I mean, I guess if I was paying like 300 some dollars in rent and then utilities, I think I had maybe okay. like, I think I had $300 worth of like spending money, maybe a little okay. less.
0: That's not a lot then.
2: Yeah, but
3: more than me, for sure. I mean, (laughs) and
2: and maybe my dad can chime in because I certainly remember like talking about budgeting that money with my parents and both my parents being like $300 is plenty of money for spending Mm -hmm. cash. Mm -hmm. But at the time for me, it didn't feel like that. So I think if I, with that level of income, if I would have had a credit card, I would have been like, hell yeah, let's go to the bars. Like I'm going to get shots for people. Like I'm going to buy some new clothes. I'm going to go to concerts. Like In retrospect, as hard as it was to feel broke, I think I would have used that credit irresponsibly. And I'm really Mm -hmm. glad that I did not have the option to do so.
0: Interesting. So you had this experience with a family member just doing credit wrong. Mm -hmm. And then you did say you had kind of this people-pleasing personality too. So you just stuck with what your parents ask you to do. Even after you hit adulthood, it's a very respectable situation because I don't, I think for someone who's expressing that they really wanted that, especially because their friends around them had the credit card, you're still honoring your parents in that way and honoring what they're asking of you with really not much explanation. Like that's a respectful place to be. And I don't think many people do it.
2: Yeah, I guess I didn't think about it that way, but I hope my parents feel that way that I was respecting them by doing
3: that. Sorry, I was just gonna ask ask Marty here real quick. I mean, hearing everything that Maddie's been been saying about, you know, credit cards, budgeting and everything from a young age of 19 years old, which is not a lot of not a lot of 19-year-olds do that and everything. I mean, was that was that was that something you had started conversations with her at a younger age about? Or was that intentional to kind of start building that? building in that direction?
1: You know, I, when I think back on it, I don't remember it being intentional. It was more like kind of a habit for me to, it was more like, you know, my mantra is like, hey, do everything you can to avoid getting into debt for convenience sake. Um, mm. And, you know, try really hard not to start out your adult life with you know dragging a parachute of debt you know, because I, I did it. And I remember mm. how how bad it sucked. And I didn't want my daughter to do that. So, you know, I thought, well, I get a chance to be a parent here. You know, maybe I can pass some useful information on. And one of the things I remember is, man, credit made it too easy to spend money without thinking. And boy, did I put some money on credit cards. Um, I paid for a lot of my own college. I worked full time through college. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, I just use that credit card for expenses and I graduated from college with quite a bit of credit card debt, um, you know, that took a long time to pay off. And, you know, mm-hmm. one thing I learned from that was, God, don't do that. You know, if you can avoid it, don't rack up bills in college on a credit card. That's just not a good way to start off your work life. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. What's it like to hear Maddie share her experience in college? Have you guys had a lot of conversations about that?
1: Well, yeah, 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 yeah. We had a lot of conversations even in college, you know, when she needed money and she wanted to get a credit card. And I'd say, you know what, I'm going to give you the money. Um, Don't get a credit card. Uh, You know, you can pay me back. Um, I'll be nicer than the credit card people. And uh, Mm. so, you know, we kind of became a credit card in a way. Um, But again, she was very frugal with money as well she wasn't you know out free spending which you know it kind of made it easier to say hey i'll I'll lend you money because i thought she wasn't likely to kind of you know waste it on impulse buys
2: Mm -hmm. I yeah I thank you for reminding me of that they did my mom and dad did act as a credit card for me like I can remember I adopted a cat who's still alive when I was 19 (laughs) I adopted my kitty but she had health problems and I remember I had a vet bill that was like $600 and there was absolutely no way I could have paid for that had my parents not given me a loan and so that's what we would do is I would ask for a loan and then we would set up a payment plan and granted, there was a lot of loan forgiveness, you know, because I would pay it for like two months and then maybe I'd forget and they'd kind of like wipe out some of the debt. But that really was what I did instead of having a credit card was ask for a loan and then make an agreement with them to pay it back incrementally.
3: I think that's powerful because you you learn so much through that.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember taking Maddie to get a loan for her first major purchase, which was a car Mm -hmm. and we thought a long time about what kind of car we were going to buy and how much we were going to pay and how likely that car would be to add value once it was paid off. So let's Mm -hmm. buy a car that's going to be a decent car. So after you've paid it off in five years, you're going to get another easy five years out of it without any kind of major hassles. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, we looked and looked and looked and found the right Toyota Corolla with low mileage and You know, the plan worked. After she paid it off, how long did you drive it, you know, without making payments?
2: Let's see. We took out the loan in 2014. I paid it off sooner than five years. So I think I got like two and a half years of no payments. And then I I just sold it this past summer. I mean, that was the car I had like right after I graduated college, which Marty also was generous enough to give me the down payment for on the loan. So Mm -hmm. that helped too. But I had that car. I mean, I had that car up until like last year when we find, you know, it was the pandemic, we weren't going anywhere, so we sold it. And Mm -hmm. I actually netted a lot of profit from selling that and it helped me buy the car that I have now.
3: Oh wow.
0: So Marty, you're teaching her these good spending habits, saving habits, or at least not getting into debt habits. Where did you learn it? Was it just simply out of experience like you mentioned? the what not to do experience?
1: Yeah, you know, I think credit, you know, fueled my dreams and my nightmares. Um, I, I seriously, credit helped me buy a business, buy into a business. Um, and, you know, I you know I had to put a mortgage on our house to do that. Um, and that business was going great. I thought I was doing great. I was in there helping run it. And, you know, then the recession hit. In 2008, the money coming in was a lot less than the money going out. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was faced with like, oh, wow, what if I can't pay this loan back? What happened? And so I had to go through that whole scenario with the banks. Like, you know, what if I can't pay this? What's going to happen? And that's, you know, when all of a sudden I was faced with, whew, you know, credit. Credit is real easy to get. But, you know, no one really thinks about, you know, what happens if I can't pay it back? Mm -hmm. And, you know, then I was faced with that reality of like, whoa you know, this could really affect me for the rest of my life. And Mm -hmm. I started getting serious about it, you know, then, but, you know, before, before that, you know, I had grown up in a family that didn't have a lot of extra money. And as a kid, I was always, hey, can I get this? And my parents were like, well, we don't have the money to get that for you. If you want it, you got to earn it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I always had to find a way to get the things I wanted by earning it. And I kind of developed this kind of Thought process that went well, okay, saving money takes a lot longer to get what you want, but Mm -hmm. you know, you feel like more, you feel that thing you just bought was more valuable because you thought about how long it took you to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I got old enough to get a credit card, and, I, and it made the process really easy. And I started buying stuff like, well, like Maddie said, let's take the credit card and go to the bar. And you know, before you know it, you've racked up 200 bucks. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, so then I started thinking, well, gosh, how long do I have to work to pay off 200 bucks? And I started thinking about it. I'm going, God, you mean I got to sit in this chair <laughs> for the next week and a half <laughs> to pay off that 200 bucks? man, that doesn't seem worth it. (laughs) (laughs) And did I actually pay more money for it? Because now I have to pay interest too. So Mm. am I going to have to sit at my desk even longer? That's a really
0: good way of looking at it, especially when you're not using credit (laughs) for survival needs. You're using it for shoes or going out to the bar. It does become a, how many hours worked is it going to take to pay this off? That's a really easy way of looking at things, really applicable. That's
3: interesting you say that though, because a lot of, I think a lot of um, young individuals, they think, you know, one, creating credit cards easy and it's, it's, it seems like it's become easier these days, I think for, for some, some companies at least, but they think in terms of the here and now versus the way that that your thought process kind of evolved over time. What would you think that you would say to a young individual who is sitting in front of you talking about credit? What would be like the one or two pieces of advice that you might give them?
2: Well, that's tough. I mean, that's so tough because everyone's background is different. Like my impulse Mm -hmm. is to be like, don't get a credit card, ask your parents for money, but that's not an option for everyone. Right. And I I recognize the immense amount of privilege that comes with that. You know, I think in college, I thought that I didn't have a lot because I had friends who like got new clothes all the time Mm -hmm. or got to go out to eat all the time. And I thought my mom and dad didn't do a lot for me, which obviously now as an adult, I'm like, Oh, I had it. I had, it was hard, but I had it good too. At the same time, it was just different than what my, my friends had. So I don't know, like, that's so tough. I mean, I think, I think we need to teach people to use credit responsibly because when I did get a credit card, I did not know how to use it responsibly. So even though I had that $500 limit, I mean, like as soon as I had my first full-time job, like I was putting stuff on the credit card cuz I was like well now I can pay for it mm-hmm. and I don't think that I knew how to to use money responsibly. So I think that there's a middle ground, right? Like I think there is you can teach people the dangers of debt, but I think you can also teach people what credit can do for you and how to use it responsibly. It's just sort of having that impulse check, you know, keeping your impulses yeah. in control.
1: I would say to young people that credit isn't a bad thing necessarily unless, you know, you mishandle it. Um, I would I would have never been able to buy a business without credit. I'd never would have been able to buy a house without credit. Um, so I am glad we have credit, but um, I think we make it too easy to get credit, and we kind of sometimes turn it into a game. Actually, like mm-hmm. you know, let's let's look at our credit score and let's see if we can drive our credit score up by spending more and paying it off more. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think that's realistic. I think in my mind, you you leverage some of your future. And when you use credit, because, you know, obviously you're going to pay that credit back with interest. So that interest is your future. And so, you know, think carefully about, you know, how you your future could be controlled by credit habits. Um, you know, how much control do you want credit to have over your future? Um, mm-hmm. Do you have to work because you have to pay off debt? Um, Or could you work a little extra now and maybe not get into debt and have that freedom later on? Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely experienced both sides of that where, you know, I was working to pay off debt for sure and I had to work. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that I'm debt free, um, it feels really good to have options. And it feels like a little bit of, you know, I have more freedom to do things Mm -hmm. that I want to do. When,
2: mm. And when he says he's debt-free, he means like he doesn't have a mortgage. He doesn't have a car wow. payment. I mean, he's oh, wow. truly debt-free. Man. That's awesome.
1: Yep, yeah. no debt, no credit card payments, um, but it took a lot of work to get there. Uh, do you use a credit card? Yep, yeah. so what I do, what I found was that... Um, I don't know if you guys know what this is, but I had to balance my checkbook. Maddie, did you have to balance a checkbook? <laughs> I know a lot, Mom lo- lo- lot to, of people.
2: Yeah. Mom tried I remember teacher, doing that. but Not a thing that I do.
1: <laughs> I found it's real easy to use a credit card for every purchase I make. And then I get those kind of reward points. Mm-hmm. But then I pay that off every month. And so with my bank, you know, I only make one payment a month now. It's to my credit card for the most part. Mm-hmm. Because I use it for everything else. And it's just a little bit easier to manage that Mm -hmm. way. Yeah.
0: I hear that's kind of a common goal of of people's is to use the credit card for everything and then pay it off because then we get the rewards. But that's where if you're not responsible about it, if you're not, if you can't stick to your guns about that one, then it just goes sideways on you. But I think... I think it's too easy for that to happen, for you to set up all of your automatic payments on your credit card, get the rewards, but people just don't do it that way.
2: (laughs) I mean, that kind of happened to my husband and I, because we ended up, we were, we were trying to travel hack for our honeymoon. So we got this credit card and our limit was like 20 grand, which is so scary. I mean, that is just like a scary amount of money to owe someone if it's not Mm -hmm. folded into like a mortgage or a car payment. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we were to get these bonus, to get 50,000 bonus points that we were then going to put towards airfare to Portugal. We had to put everything on the credit card. And so we did that for a few months and we were really good about it. But then when it came to like wedding expenses Mm. and then honeymoon expenses, we were also putting that on the credit card. And then Uh. it got to a point where we kind of had to go, "Uh uh-oh, like we cannot... We cannot pay this off because it ended up being something like six grand. Mm. And I mean, like we were getting the points, but then we had to pay that money off and and to do so my husband, you know, they always say you end up like, sometimes you marry someone similar to your father, which is very much true because my husband is so frugal. He, (laughs) (laughs) My husband, Joe was just like, we are going to pay this off and we're each going to put a thousand dollars towards this debt a month. So we were putting two grand a month towards this debt and it was brutal. It was so Mm -hmm. brutal. I mean, I'm glad we did it because I think it would have taken a really long time to pay it off. And I definitely think we kind of got lured in by the rewards and like the travel Mm -hmm. perks, but yeah, paying it off was tough. It was really tough.
0: Well, that's what it's all about here on money. Better is doing money better. So you two have done a great job. I appreciate your vulnerability in talking about it because it can be a very touchy subject and it's, it's, fun that we've had a, um, dad daughter duo. So, cause that could be usually the point of contention is with your parents. <laughs> so, so thank you both for being on money better today. I just really appreciate your stories. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, my pleasure.
0: bank and trust financial literacy materials articles guides blogs podcasts and videos are for informational purposes only and not an advertisement for product or service the accuracy and completeness is not guaranteed and does not constitute legal or tax advice please consult with your own tax legal and financial advisors member fdic